Chapter 3 Seated a few rows behind Vlad and Zora, Jada felt the increasing disparity of being in the front of a vast crowd through which she had once struggled to catch a glimpse of the stage. It was overwhelming, and it only added to the anxiety she couldn't seem to combat since Zora's outburst. She took a deep breath and slowed her airy rhythms, forcing herself to observe her surroundings and soak in the experience. Royalty took precedence over the order based on their positioning in the first row. Still, only one row was needed, as just the head royals of each sky city generally attended the elevens. Royals were known to have demeaning views of events involving the lowly sky colony citizens, and they resisted interruptions to their luxurious lives, especially to listen to the order. It was said that the order sent their transcripts ahead of the celebration so that the royals' attendance would not be necessary. As such, the head royals only attended out of obligation to their elite representation, and perhaps to keep a careful eye on the order should they forget their societal place. The order breathed easier when royals were absent and seemed to encourage it. They'd almost celebrated when the last ruler died of old age just two years before. As rulers could only be appointed on the elevens, the order had enjoyed the privileges of being the de facto kings and queens of the sky colonies, a period that the royals did not relish. The strange tensions between royalty and the order were indeed quietly accepted even among the citizens. The high priestesses and priests of the order had even once opposed sitting in the rows behind the royals, believing that their position as the vessels for Jael gave them far greater importance. That opposition was said to have been swiftly ended and never spoken of again. Following the order in seating with the top officials of the capital, Legis beamed at his surprise placement among these officials, being the only member of the Sky Colony's forces in that row. The other city heads of the Sky Forces outside the capital were seated behind him. He'd expected to be in their row despite them all reporting to him, so the honor of being placed next to the wealthiest and most influential sector owners in the cities gave him somewhat of a celebrity's boost. He reached over to Jada and squeezed her hand. Isn't it all amazing? Lee just gushed. Jada knew precisely what he needed to hear. You're amazing, she cooed, and Legis's chest lifted to the sky. After uttering those automatic words, however, Jada felt a mix of emotions in what she'd expressed. Her spirit plunged into increased heaviness the more she tried to find the source of why her esteem for Legis had suddenly changed. It was only upon catching sight of Zora turning to meet her eyes that Jada knew why her stomach had turned immediately after issuing her compliment. Legis had celebrated a shocker going off, a potential life lost, and that life could have been her sister's. The wave of nausea overtook Jada as the blood drained from her face. Regardless of her compassionate views towards the Earth colonies, she now felt like her husband's stance and the laws of the Sky colonies themselves were a personal attack. These laws had sought to strip her of her only remaining relative who'd come back to life, a clear gift from Jael. Jada no longer knew how to align even her mask to the requirements from the Order. As if on cue, the Order took their place on the magnificent gold and maroon stage and began their drone of chants. For the first time, every word raked Jada's spirit. The words of Jael blessed through the intonations of the Order the words of Jael were given to the Order as the chosen vessel for the people of the Sky Colonies and the fates of the Earth. 
The words of Jael spoken by the priestesses and priests are the unchanging will of Jael. Should any other proclaim to know her will or her words, eternal damnation shall be upon them as they are cast from the towers to the pits of hell beyond the earth below. May they be cursed. May their family be cursed. May their descendants for seven generations be cursed until such a time that the eighth generation may apply for redemption from the order. On and on the chants continued, with an hour-long rendition of laws that every citizen knew mostly by heart. This was not from a passion for learning, but from the weekly repetition endured when all citizens stood as the laws resounded throughout the sky cities. Soon, the order continued to the laws regarding the earth colonies. The law of Jael towards the citizens of the earth colonies below, allowing for the existence of their people except and unless they try to ascend beyond the level they have deservedly been given. The law which has now changed, the only law Jael has changed in the past 100 years. Jada held her breath as Zora whipped around to stare at Vlad. The law now states that the duty of the sky colonies is the mass elimination of the earth colonies for their repeated infringements upon the laws of Jael. The law also states that any sky citizen who is not fulfilling their duty to extinguish the earth colonies shall be seen as perpetrators of the sins of the earth colonies. Having gone against the will of Jael, they shall suffer a worse fate of being flogged naked in the streets before the perpetrator and their families shall be made to take the skyfall. Gasps echoed throughout the crowd, even among the forces. Flogging had been outlawed for over two centuries, and death sentences to citizens of the sky colonies were no longer public displays. Instead, such offenders were escorted privately to the skyfall and killed in the presence of the order and the assigned forces to their case. Among those present to hear these damning words, the only ones who showed no surprise to the amendment were the royals. They had already been informed before their arrival. Vlad may have appeared unmoved, but he wasn't left untouched. When he'd first perused the script, it was merely more boring words and laws from the Order. Now, having been sent to help Zora, it felt vastly different. These laws told to the Order by Jael didn't seem consistent with her request for him to help the stranger ascend. Something didn't make sense. And for a moment, he questioned whether the voice he heard was Jael's, and if not, whose was it? Even worse, if so, whose voice did the Order hear? Could they even hear her? On what grounds had the royals given so much power to the order, and how could the order be held accountable if they alone could hear Giles' voice? It didn't help Vlad's discomfort that Zora still hadn't shifted her gaze from him. He didn't have the heart to meet her eyes. Instead, he turned slowly to look at Jada. Jada felt as if she had already been found guilty beneath Vlad's gaze. His eyes breached her soul's defenses and flooded it with terror, rendering her naked and awaiting her flogging in the city center. She felt the whisper of death brush the nape of her neck, then jumped when Legis hissed, Why is he looking at you like that? I hope you didn't reveal any form of compassion towards the earth colonies. Vlad averted his gaze while Jada stammered to Legis, Of course not, and I am not compassionate towards them. I am simply a compassionate woman in general, as we women tend to be. Yes, well, no more of that moving forward. This leash I've allowed you, holding such unlawful feelings, and now. Legis's strict tone surprised Jada. He'd never spoken to her with such vehement disregard. Still, in her heart, she could take no offense. Under this new law, her compassion would also cost Vlad his life. The celebrations preceding the ceremony of the Eleven were a stark contrast to the extreme religious practices. 
The capital was littered with squeals of joy and the clinking of gold glasses overflowing with red wine courtesy of the royals. Young lovers ran through the streets, passionately kissing on every corner, and the children all enjoyed the extended curfew to play in the city's parks. Bellies were stuffed beyond capacity to the chatter of ancient stories of the sky colonies. This history was told between the sounds of approving moans with every bite and loud, unapologetic chewing. Among the commoners, one elder spoke of the first light humans experienced on the planet, brought from an old earth to this one through an unmarked portal that no one had ever found again. The new earth already had inhabitants, but they were strange spirits who could not be perceived through human eyes. Instead, they communicated through the spheres across the planet, made of gold and unknown metals holding inanimate life. These spirits were prophetic mages of great power, and they knew the secrets and mysteries of their universe. They began to teach the first humans, with their most extraordinary knowledge being of the goddess of the universe, Jael. They said Jael had been the one who opened the portal on the old earth and selected those who should inhabit the new, an act of absolute redemption as wars and disasters had savagely overrun the old earth. There was but one sphere through which Jael chose to speak directly, the Goldberg Sphere, the old man dramatically whispered. But not everyone could hear the words that came from it. It didn't matter if they were near or far from that sphere. When Jael spoke, her frequency carried over the waves and lands to her chosen ones. Those who could hear her became the messengers of Jael, soon known as the Order, and all would sit at their feet to know Jael's will. Jada had heard these stories a thousand times. But this time they consumed her with mystery. As she walked through the streets with Legis and the forces accompanying Vlad and Zora in their unusual tour, Jada couldn't resist inching closer to Zora. These had been the streets they'd run through growing up in the capital. Every corner held a memory of hide-and-seek, and every bakery they passed a place they'd get sweet nibbles from the kind shop owners. Vlad had requested the city tour before heading to the Grand Ball where the elite gathered. The other royals scorned his open invitation to come along, confused at first as to whether he was serious or making a joke. Even the high priestesses and priests of the order were uncomfortable about his request. No royals had taken such a deliberate interest in the city's affairs in many years. When Vlad's intentions became more evident, the top royals scoffed and laughed, exclaiming, Perhaps that's a responsibility for the new ruler of the Sky Colonies, but please... Leave us out of it so we can party. An array of feelings flashed across Vlad's face then. He missed his old life before the onslaught of Jael's voice at every turn. He missed not being made to care about anything or anyone. Vlad had asked for his tour for many reasons, but only one shone bright that night. Turning to steal a glimpse of Jada, Vlad grinned to find her so close but with her eyes fixed upon Zora. Understanding, he whispered to Zora, no more outbursts, before calling out to Legis to join him. Legis beamed brighter than the sun, rushing to accept the honor while Zora shifted next to Jada once again. Zora hadn't needed a reminder from Vlad, however. She'd had a little time to reconsider her expectations of Jada beyond her initial anger of seeing her sister so closely interwoven with the forces. If Zora was honest with herself, the real issue wasn't the enforcers of the law, but those putting the laws in place. I'm sorry. Zora whispered to her. I keep treating you like you should somehow know the truth. 
I guess I forgot how it felt when I first left Skycall. Those first moments of having a reality I believed in completely torn from my life along with our parents. Those moments thereafter on the earth calls, they were ravaging to the soul. As her voice dipped into reminiscent pain, Jaden knew the past ten years had likely been very different for Zora than they were for her. It must have been torture, Jada sighed, having to exist in that desolation below. No, Zora replied with a faint smile. It was freedom. A painful one to gain, but one I wouldn't change for anything. At the sight of Jada's surprise, she continued, Jada, the earth colonies aren't desolate like we were made to believe as children. They are bountiful and beautiful, but like here, also filled with politics and those seeking power. But the one distinction, the most important one, is that we are free from the lies and laws of the Order. They know this. And now, more than ever, they've recognized the extent of this threat to their power over the Sky Calls. That's why their mission is now our annihilation. As they approached the palace's entrance to the Grand Ball, Jada, desperate to know more, pressed Zora. You said the Sky Forces killed our parents. Why would they have done that? Because they found out that our parents were protecting the identity of two cities in the capital. And when they demanded our parents give up the names, they refused. Cities? Yes. That's what we're called in the Earth Calls, although we're the first anyone has known of for centuries. It's the name for those born of Jael's voice, but you can't ever use that word with a single soul here, not even Vlad. If he knew what we are, what we are? Jada's voice trailed off as the realization hit. Their parents had died protecting them. Entering the Eleven's Grand Ball was nothing short of a heavenly experience. Small clouds, controlled by the exclusive technology of the royals, burst delicately into little showers for the guests along the sides of the sparkling gold carpet. In the passing presence of a royal, they resounded with thunders and tiny flashes of lightning. But when the order walked through, the clouds mostly disappeared. The high priestesses and priests ignored the decor's snub, choosing instead to tilt their noses upward as the frivolity of the night began. Vlad winked at Legius and signaled to someone at the exact moment that Legius and Jada stepped onto the carpet. A few flashes of lightning, more than anyone who wasn't a royal had received, broke Legius into a hearty laugh. Zora shared eyes with Jada, and Jada giggled, amused by Vlad's evident effort to keep Legius close for their sisterly reunion. Zora knew better, given Vlad's inability to rip his head away from Jada's direction. Still, Zora chose to leave her sister in whatever comfortable beliefs she could still have. There wouldn't be many of those left by the time Zora fulfilled her mission. Brightened warmly by lights that glowed and swam below the exquisitely painted ceilings, the ballroom was a feast for the senses. Jada had never smelt food that could gently stroke her stomach in little growls of desire while also filling her with just the scent. Wine overflowed from moving fountains installed above the crowd. They had gold mechanical arms that stretched to every glass that needed to be refilled. One could want for nothing, need for nothing, without it appearing almost on subliminal demand. Yet, of all these treats, nothing woed more than the music. Jada and Zora grinned at each other the minute the orchestra of the royals began to play. Famous in any colony, sky or earth, their ability to weave songs into dance while simultaneously spitting on the archaic plaintive chants of the order could momentarily erase even the thought of war. It would only take an hour before the entire ballroom was drunk on music, 
aided by wine to the point of distant recollection. No one cared about rank or class when the knight reached this point. Vlad took the throne in between for all of thirty seconds. He acknowledged that he was now the ruler of the Sky Colonies, but then he jumped into the crowd to their chairs and laughter. With the formal crowning the next day, he'd insisted no one waste another second on pointless verbal vomit. A quip at the order, no doubt. As the music resumed to sprays of white wine, Jada and Zora finally had a chance to embrace each other tightly and burst into dance. Perhaps they'd countered their comforts too soon. Zigil and Milo, the two priestesses of the order who'd followed their progression since the city center, hadn't taken one sip from their glasses. Alert and full of youth, the order had tasked them with being among their unseen eyes on the movements and choices of the royals. They'd snuck behind the group when Vlad took the tour of the capital, keeping tabs on when he brought lieges to his side, a notably strange choice. Commanders were given charge of the safety of royals, but the royals also brought along their elite royal guard. Vlad had left his guards at Ego, the sky city of his birth. First, he sneaks his sister into the capital, clearly either unregistered with a portal somehow or through a secret portal, if there is one, Zigil hissed, and then he chums up with a lowly Skyforce commander who clearly now believes he has rank. I mean, the lightning for a commander? And now, Milo took the reins from Zigil, the sister of his, Tamina, has chummed up with an even lowlier woman, the orphan Jada, that we were all surprised the commander chose to wed. Even at his station, she was still way below his league, so why would Tamina allow herself to get so familiar with Jada? I wonder if Tamina has been properly trained like the other royals, Zigil murmured. Maybe that's why she's kept in hiding all this time. It would make sense that her first showing would be at Vlad's appointment as ruler, but the rest of it doesn't add up. It doesn't even add up that Vlad was appointed the next ruler, Miller replied to a nodding Zigil. Nothing about Vlad had made sense to the order when they were informed that he would take the place of the last ruler. Rulers had never been chosen from Ego. Not necessarily because they didn't hold a rightful place, but because they never wanted their responsibility. Ego's royals were among the wildest and most insensitive of the Sky Colonies. They played terror games with the citizens for fun, and often were seen crashing or destroying valued property and passing along the blame like a hot bake. Known for their merciless wrath if challenged, no one dared to oppose them, not even the order stationed at Ego. Instead, the priests and priestesses there sent regular reports of complaints to the capital. The most they'd ever achieved was being able to vent. This lack of empathy and compassion, along with a negligent view of responsibility, was so ingrained that even the royals from the other cities were shocked when Vlad submitted his name. Then, as if for their absolute amusement, every single royal voted in favor of his appointment. Vlad knew the unanimous support was just for their fun and games. They likely also thought that was why he did it. The order had been restless since they'd heard the news. They'd spent the past two years in preparation for the complete overturning of the Sky Colonies under Vlad's rulership. Appointing a small task force of priests and priestesses to keep an eye on his movements had been a priority for them. Despite their extensive reservations, however, the high priestesses and priests of the order had cited one significant advantage to the appointment of a terror-hungry ruler. It was their chance to implement a law that could end the greatest threat to their sovereignty through Jael, the elimination of the people and knowledge of the earth colonies. Zigil and Willow didn't know the true intentions of the high priestesses and priests. 
but they did know that becoming a part of the task force was a fast route to earning a higher appointment. They'd willingly and excitedly agree to conduct the investigations for as long as it took. When the leader of the order, a high priestess, approached them for a report, they rushed to her side. Each of them babbled in one of her ears. Stop, high priestess Elian barked. One at a time. You, first. Milo beamed as Zigil rolled her eyes. Since our last update about the unregistered presence of Tamina in the capital, we have observed a strange interaction between her and his supremacy Vlad with the commander and his wife. But it gets even more mysterious. Yes, Zigil interrupted Milo hurriedly. Tamina and Jada have gotten quite close tonight. Ilion looked most unimpressed. It's the eleven, she stated flatly. Once you've been invited to the palace, everyone gets close with everyone else for the night they choose never to remember. Everyone except the order, of course. We always maintain our decorum and integrity. No, but you don't understand, Milo objected, then quickly edited her tone upon seeing Elian's raised eyebrow. I mean, they spoke with each other before coming here. First, they were at the commander's house. Why go there and not the palace? They had an entire palace to wait inside. Elian seemed even more annoyed. The order had a final sweep to do of the palace, and he arrived early. I issued that instruction to be sent to Vlad and Legis myself. Okay, yes, but, Milo persisted, are you deliberately trying to waste my time, girl? Ilian's voice grew darker. No, Milo meekly replied as Zigil grinned at her mistakes. That fast track to the high priesthood was extremely competitive and selective. Based on Milo's current behavior, Zigil's ambitions would not be deterred. As Elian began to walk off, Milo tried once more to redeem herself. They were speaking before the ceremony began, alone, together, and after it, for the tour, before all the drinking, before everything. Elian stopped and turned around slowly. Who was speaking? Vlad and Legis, and Tamina and Jada. Milo wasn't sure if she'd said the right thing. Elian's face was doing strange things with her mouth twitching as it tightened. Did you hear anything they were speaking about? Elian questioned. No, we maintain our distance, Zigil quickly added, not wanting to miss the opportunity to contribute once again. Elian ignored her, turning squarely to Milo. I need you to tell me everything about this interaction you witnessed, and I need you for one further task, perhaps the most crucial of them all. As Legis and Jada left the palace drunk and flushed with liquid joy, they heard a call behind them. Turning, they were both surprised to see High Priestess Elian approach them, accompanied by a timid junior priestess. Legis and Jada bowed low in Elian's presence. She was revered among the Order as their leader and the one with the strongest connection to Jael. Elian waved them off, laughing lightly. Oh, there's no need for that. I wouldn't want you to lose your balance bowing so low after drinking so much. Legis gave an embarrassed chuckle while Jada stared mostly at the ground. She felt guilty in Elian's presence, knowing that the high priestess held a connection to Jael and that it was a sin that she also did. Elian continued, Commander, you have been evidently honored by this new royal regime and the royal guard has been absent. It seems that your forces may be the only ones used to protect the new ruler. For that reason, I'd like to assign my junior priestess to your household under your instruction. I've had a sense that you may need a more direct connection to me, given the known nature of his supremacy and the city from which he hails. Should you need a balancing force amid his infamous merciless ways, indicate immediately to Milohair and she will find a way to get the message to me. We want to maintain the will of Jael and not have it overrun by royal negligence, I'm sure you understand. 
Legis's mouth hadn't closed since Elian mentioned the honor bestowed upon him. He'd been the least known commander since his appointment. Today, he was the only one who had been addressed directly by the ruler of the Sky Colonies and the leader of the Order, both in one day. Jada, seeing his loss for words, gave him a gentle nudge, at which point he stammered, High Priestess, you honor me, you honor me. He bowed again and almost fell over, swaying in power and wine. Elian gave a curt nod and turned on her heel. Milo, who'd stood there quietly, seemed just as shocked as Jada felt. Clearing her throat, Milo began, It will be my pleasure to serve you both. Shall I accompany you home now? Jada stared dumbfoundedly at the young priestess Elian had left behind. Was this girl to live with them, placing them directly under the watchful eye of the order, just when Jada needed the opposite? As if right on cue, a whisper sounded from the Goldberg sphere. Only three words were uttered. Danger.